0: Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 108 of UAB Green & Told, Original release Monday, October 9th, 2023. Through our podcast, we are given the opportunity to share stories from members of the UAB community. Listen to previous episodes of Green & Told at alumni.uab.edu slash told on Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app. While there, I'd like to encourage you to leave a written review to help more alums find us. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and Director of Communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. For a select few, maintaining a 4.0 GPA comes as naturally as rolling out of bed in the morning. It's seemingly easy. But for many others, like today's podcast guest, it takes plenty of hard work. For a while now, Paris Ahuja knew he wanted to become a doctor. His journey toward med school started when his grandmother's life was ending. When I
1: saw her pass away, the one main thing that I understood is that this could have all been avoided had someone been there to kind of understand that she was getting sick
0: from the beginning. Seeing her taking the last breaths of her life was an eye-opening experience for Paris, and he used it working with elderly patients. As he'll explain, the compassion he learned is something he can use to succeed as a doctor. And what I could do
1: with that fact as a physician in the future is just so impactful, and it's probably been one of the main encouraging factors during this whole reapplication process.
0: And back to that 4.0 GPA. Paris will admit that it was great to put on a med school application, but it takes more than that to get accepted. I had a 4.0 GPA. I didn't do
1: very well on the MCAT, but I did keep trying at the MCAT and I got a score enough to kind of apply. But GPA and MCAT were not the only things that got me into med school.
0: The son of immigrant parents from india paris ahuja wound up moving around a bit as a youngster born in birmingham he moved to gadsden before returning to the magic city for middle and high school despite the moves his family made one thing remained constant the close-knit bond they shared
1: as a kid basically i you know grew up around small business my parents are uh, convenience store owners so i've always grown up around that small business the small town alabama feel people coming in for coffee for like 20 years consistently, you know, seeing the same routines in the morning, stuff like that. And in addition to that, my family, we're very, very close.
0: If I'm not mistaken, you're a smart kid. You were a part of the Honors College at UAB. At what point did you say, you know what, I want to go and major in biomedical sciences?
1: So that's a great question. And and honestly, I, I appreciate the compliment a lot. I I like to say, I you know, I don't, call myself a smart kid per se um, I like to say that I try my best and I think everyone's smart everyone has their own uh, field that they really excel in so but that's a great question um, Greg so when I really wanted when I really understood I needed I wanted to um, major in biomedical sciences it wasn't something that that sort of I took a really calculated decision on so when I initially started college I remember in junior year of high school I had a chemistry teacher an AP chemistry teacher that was so phenomenal. Um, He was great, easy to talk to. He taught so many things. And his class was just fun in general. You know how you have those kind of teachers that are just interesting. They're just fun. Um, They're really, really nice. They're interactive. They're unlike anyone that you've ever met. And so my AP Chem teacher was really like that. You know, whether or not I was doing chemistry correctly, I didn't really know at that point. According to him and his attitude, I was. So I initially thought that, you know, I'm going to major in chemistry. I always knew that I wanted to go into the medical field. Um, From high school when I started to see the environment around me um, communities around me that needed you know that needed some more physicians needed some medical help, but I I started off with chemistry initially. Um, And then what happened is, um, as I started to um, sort of transfer into my senior year of high school, I started to learn a little bit more about you know did more research online about what programs UAB has to offer. Um, and what the pathways are for some programs versus the other in terms of getting into the medical field going to medical school Mm -hmm. and so that's when um, i actually had a cousin as well who really helped me but i also had a bunch of other mentors you know kids that were older than me um, that i would text ask questions to so i kind of learned that uab has a lot of good programs but the two uh, you know two most popular programs that really lead to the medical field and medical school are either neuroscience or something like biomedical sciences where you have where you're not just focusing on one particular subject, you get to see a bunch of different subjects. You get to see cell biology, um, biochemistry, uh, physical anatomy, even pharmacology. We had a farm class, which is which is very unusual to have in an undergrad. You know that's what really pulled me into biomedical science. The program was definitely more intensive than on uh, you know, in terms of hours, credit hours, and different courses than maybe a neuroscience class would be or, or so another major. But it was something where we're getting a feel for all the different fields that are out there sure. instead of just sticking to one. So that's what really helped me make that decision to, to really switch from chemistry to bio biomedical
0: science before starting. You mentioned wanting to go into a career in healthcare. Kind of expand on that, what drew you in? You mentioned the environment, the the community around you, but what was it that kind of led you into that path?
1: When I sat down to really think about, you know, writing my personal statement, thinking about what really drew me into medicine, it was something that, you know, I didn't. it didn't click to me about being one particular thing that I saw, one thing that happened in my life. It was sort of the course of things and how everything kind of played out towards the end of my high school. So from the beginning of middle school, when we moved back to Birmingham, um, I have been a large part of the Hindu temple of Birmingham and the Sikh temple of Alabama. You know, being a part of that community, one thing I really saw is, from what, I, what my understanding and my perspective is, The elderly community, especially within the Indian culture, Punjabi culture, is really, really close-knit. So a lot of times if they don't have, you know, if they have kids that have moved out or they've moved far away and they don't come to visit often or anything like that, there is a sense of loneliness. There is a sense of, you know, needing help on a consistent basis, but there are ways of getting that help. But the one thing that was lacking is the ability to have medical help when it's needed. Um, the ability to communicate to someone how, how you know, what kind of medical care would be needed. For example, while I was at the Sikh temple one day, an elderly lady was, um, she was talking about how badly her knees would be hurting. And the thing is, is that in my culture, there's a different way of communicating pain, communicating sorrow than there would be in the American culture, according to what I've observed. And so in the Punjabi culture, it's not very vocal until it has to be. More of it's, you know, emotional. So it's maybe an elderly lady's just sitting on the corner. She's not speaking to anyone, um, not interacting as she would be. And so you kind of have to find out what's going on. Um, So that's what largely led me to um, start into medicine. And interestingly enough, as I I kind of grew older and I started high school, um, towards the end of my high school years, all of my teachers in science, one thing that I really felt is that this field is somewhere where I'm reading something in a textbook. And then I am seeing it directly. I'm seeing it physically, so I'm able to touch or feel. I'm able to to interact with whatever I'm learning. And that was something that I just felt. You know, someone might feel that with math. Someone might feel that with English. um, But that's what I felt with science. And interestingly enough, to kind of add on to the thing of my, you know, me seeing a need for medicine. My grandmother actually passed away due to esophageal cancer towards the end of my high school years. So I graduated high school and we took a trip to India. To actually see her. So she was actually in remission from cancer. So we thought that she would, you know, she was getting better and she was getting better. She was getting her hair back. She was uh, moving around much more. And she was a lady who she wouldn't never communicate her pain. The only way that you would know she was in pain would be if she's a little bit slower because she was just always active. She was always feeding the whole family, cooking, washing dishes. She was always just, you know, she was always active. She was never sitting down. When we went to see her, she was absolutely fine. She was. Um, starting to get back into that routine of doing her regular things, um, being active. But when we came back, um, we learned that she had her cancer had actually spread, come back. And so one thing with esophageal cancer was that it is actually something that is not very easily curable. When I saw her pass away, the one main thing that I understood is that this could have all been avoided had someone been there to kind of understand that she was getting sick from the beginning. Um, she'd come to visit us in, in America about two years before she started having symptoms. She she was even very like sleepy, drowsy when she was here. She wouldn't be eating well. And so that idea of me coming from a community where communication is not only verbal, it's more emotional and physical, I feel that this has really, really encouraged me to go into the field of medicine. You know, I want to be able to use that to help someone to to make sure that they're getting the care they need by recognizing that emotional aspect, that physical communication.
0: Being close-knit with your family, being close to your family, was that the instrumental reason you chose to go to school in Birmingham, continue your education at UAB?
1: Honestly, yes, it was. UAB is a great school as well. One of the biggest factors was, you know, going to school close to my family. Seeing them work so hard from When I was a little kid, you know, going to convenience stores with them, seeing how hard and how rough their life has been, hearing stories about how rough it was when they immigrated to this country. I want to be as available to my family and as close to my family as I possibly
0: can. What was the Honors College like? Because you were a part of the Science and Technology Honors College program. What does that mean for people that may not have kind of a connection to the Honors College? The Science and Technology Honors College, so
1: basically just a general um, idea, UAB has a bunch of different programs. Um, They have some Honors Colleges that you can be a part of. They also have a personalized pathway. And what this does is it gives students a unique opportunity to kind of do things apart from their major, to to develop themselves personally and in their field that they would like to go into in the future. So for the Science and Technology Honors College, it was basically an opportunity for me to start research with support, um, to start doing things within the scientific field, within the medical field, You know, whether that be shadowing during the, the, the summer vacations, working in a lab as just an intern and just watching what goes on in research. Anyone can do that kind of on their own as well by emailing, by reaching out. But Science and Technology Honors College created uh, a network and they also created support. So for example, we had some classes. We start off the first year by just meeting everyone, getting an idea of what science is like, what research is like, what kind of different fields there are to go into in terms of both fields. Um, And then during the second semester we started to have sort of a research course where we had a professor that would teach us research and we worked on a small project within the semester. Um, Then we slowly transitioned into working in labs. Uh, we We also had the opportunity to work on a proposal and a thesis. So what those are is basically similar to kind of a PhD program, but it's very, very short, not as in detail as it is. Um, But it is an opportunity for you to learn how to do scientific writing, how to communicate findings.
0: With all of the rigors of academia, doing your undergraduate degree at UAB, how challenging was it to go through the SciTech program? Because this is a program that it's meant to challenge you.
1: I feel that one of the main things that, and you know, I'm just going to be completely honest i did i did struggle with being able to balance time well um during my undergrad and that was largely part of you know being a part of the the honors college um being a part of a major that was so rigorous and had so many credit hours but what i felt um towards the the end of my junior and senior years was that once i started to kind of get into the flow of things so of course the beginning of each semester is always the worst uh, especially for me you know you're getting into your new classes you're kind of finding out how you're going to manage your time but how I kind of handled that was that, you know, I knew that I had to study from a particular time to a particular time. And I kind of had a plan of what I was gonna study each day. Um, but apart from that, I knew that I had to dedicate specific time to research, um, time to you know complete my proposal, complete my thesis, because I wanted to, to maintain my you know, part within the Science and Technology Honors College. And so I feel that while it is something that's rigorous, um, while it is something that you have to really plan around, getting that research time in, um, especially earlier rather than later. Science and technology really helps you in terms of, you know, meeting the right mentors, having those mentors that understand that you are also a student so that you're, you know, they know that you're balancing many things. So being able to work with them, you know, them being flexible, that was really how I handled things. At the end, when you fill out medical school applications, when you're moving into the next step, you realize how important even those two or three hours that you spent were because you gained so much experience, you gained so much things that you could write about. So
0: being a part of the SciTech Honors College program and majoring in biomedical sciences, are you surprised you wound up with a 4.0 GPA?
1: (laughs) Honestly speaking, the 4.0 GPA was something that I really worked a lot towards. And just to say this, because I know that there's a lot of students like me who are really stressed to get those always to get that 4.0 GPA. But Honestly, I'm someone who has had to reapply to medical school. So I've learned about what was very important and what kind of wasn't. Um, So yes, focusing on academics is important. Um, Making sure that you get the best grades possible is important, but focusing on that 4.0 GPA was something that wasn't really beneficial for me. You know, it did help me in terms of medical school applications and getting into med school, but if someone doesn't have that 4.0 GPA, there's really no reason to stress. As long as you're balancing things well, You're getting experiences um, outside of classes as well that's more
0: important for those that go through the medical school application process what are things that are musts that they need to know now that you've been through it and you had to reapply
1: since i had to reapply i kind of got a feel for this application cycle twice a couple of the main things that i would have wanted to know as well when i was an undergrad is first of all when you're sitting down um, after your experiences for example um, if I'm in the freshman year of undergrad and I am shadowing someone, um, try to take time just to jot down a few words um, or a few notes about what you felt, you know, who you met, what kind of experiences you got, even if it's just one time. Like, for example, if you shadow for a month and then at the end of that month, you just write a little paragraph about what you learned, it really helps. Um, how you write that application, um, what gets conveyed is probably the most important of course your grades are important, your experiences themselves are important, but how you explain what you learned is the most important. So I would say just making sure that you're jotting down ideas as you go um, and how you feel as you go is, is very important. The second thing is that you know, academics and grades are important. It's not that they aren't, but never make that your focus. Um, never say that you want an absolute 4.0 GPA even if it's taking away time from, you know, that you really need to give to research or you need to give to shadowing or volunteering, that's not going to be beneficial in the end. Um, I had a 4.0 GPA. I didn't do very well on the MCAT, but I did keep trying at the MCAT and I got a score enough to kind of apply. But GPA and MCAT were not the only things that got me into med school because I did get rejected the first time around. You know, making sure that you are focusing on all aspects. um, I know that's tough, but making sure that you know, if, if I'm studying for a chem exam and I feel like, you know, I know enough content to, to go ahead and do well on this exam, don't keep trying to practice. Don't keep trying to put stress on yourself. Um, take away a little time. Take away one hour or so. Go volunteer somewhere. Um, it'll help you get back in the perspective of things as well, you know, why you're taking that chem exam, why you're doing this this major. Third most important thing is always remembering apply when you feel ready. And I know that's kind of a broad term that everyone says. But what I feel and what I've learned that that means is that, you know, if you're like me, um, you took the MCAT towards the end of the, the junior year and you didn't get a score that you wanted, um, or you know that, you know, I, I've had some experiences, but they haven't been that impactful. I really want to learn more about the medical field before I start. Make sure you just go ahead and, and just plan to take a gap year. I know it's tough, especially for students like me and smart students at UAB who are, you know, working rigor- rigorously, trying to get into med school right after their four-year undergrad. Um, but promise me, you know, taking that one year off and preparing well for the application cycle will benefit you so much in the long run. Medicine is a journey. Um, going into this field is a whole journey. Everyone's story is different. No matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times that, that you feel like, you know, you won't be up to par, or you won't get in, stuff like that. You know, never let that stuff kind of take over your brain. Um, of course, it was hard for me to reapply. My family really encouraged me a lot. Um, I was the same way, you know, I'm not gonna lie and say I just, you know, I just started reapplying. No, I did have a time where I was like, I was sad, you know, I was kind of upset that it didn't happen. But I promise at the end when it's supposed to happen, it will. Um, You just have to keep trying and you have to stay motivated.
0: I think you kind of hit on something that a lot of people do not realize. My daughter just recently went through the application process to get into PT school. It's a nerve-wracking process for that, for medical school, for dentistry, optometry. Talk about the nerves and the disheartenment that you had by not getting the exam numbers that you wanted when you were first applying.
1: Honestly, in terms of stress, um, like, like you talked about, doing undergraduate, finishing up your senior year while you know, waiting and, and filling out applications, especially when you're applying to a majority of like a lot of schools, um, it is a stressful time. The disheartenment, especially when you don't get in, um, is also very, very rough. But one thing that I feel really helped is when I wrote the initial application while I was kind of stressed and during my um, undergrad year, I didn't feel like when I went back and read the stuff on the application after four or five months of graduating, I felt like, you know, that didn't convey what I wanted it to. Sure. You know, that really didn't say what I wanted it to. Because when you're stressed, that, Im- that impacts your writing, that impacts the way that you speak, impacts the way that you interview. So again, one thing that I feel really helped me relax, especially during this gap year when I was studying, volunteering, working and trying to do the application all together, is just taking time each and every day to do little bits of the application and not working too long on it. Um, in terms of dealing with the disheartment, Like I said, my family was one of the biggest uh, impacting factors. Um, They really helped me, encouraged me to, to do it again, you know, reapply. But one of the main things I felt have also impacted me is the volunteering experiences that I had. When I was rejected from medical school, I started volunteering at a place called Aspire, Physical Rehab and Recovery Center. Seeing individuals every day that need medical help, you know, they don't have their family with them. Some of their family is not around. Seeing that there are people out there who are just happy to to see, see me, to play bingo with me, to talk to me, and what I could do with that fact as a physician in the future is just so impactful, and it's probably been one of the main encouraging factors during this whole reapplication process. You know, I felt that someone needed what I was going to do, and so I wasn't just doing it for myself at that point, I was doing it for someone else as well.
0: As somebody who's just about to start his medical school career at the University of South Alabama, where do you see yourself 15, 20 years down the road? What do you want to be doing?
1: I have had um, a firsthand look at what cancer is like, um, what the field of oncology is like. That was actually my first shadowing field as well. One of the main things that I see myself doing 15 years from now is definitely something in the field of cancer. Combined with that, another most impactful experiences I've had being in the O.R., um, so I got to see um, two or three different types of surgeries. I got to see a neuroendocrinologist, basically, uh, Dr. Herbert Chen at UAB. Um, I got to be in the room with him. So basically, he does surgical oncology, um, which that's kind of the field that's most interesting to me because he's not just be, he's not just in the OR; he's also seeing patients on a regular basis and and helping them with their on- oncology treatment as well. So I definitely see myself 15 years from now being in the field of some of surgical oncology, hopefully. Um, you know, like I said, I'm going to try my best try and also try to see some different fields firsthand in medical school. But as of now, that's the plan.
0: That's Paris Ahuja. In 2021, Paris earned his bachelor's degree from the School of Health Professions and Honors College, where he was part of the SciTech program. Paris recently began his journey of becoming a doctor as part of the College of Medicine at the University of South Alabama. As a relatively recent alum, Paris definitely has a great idea of what it means to be a Blazer.
1: I feel being a Blazer um, is about having, um, you know, opportunities and having the mindset to be the most hardworking person that you can. Um, so from the time that I stepped uh, foot on UAB, I was actually born at UAB Hospital as well. So just a fun fact, but. From the time that I stepped on UAB's campus during my undergrad, you know, I just, I felt a rigor. I, I understood that there are people working so hard um, around me and they're working hard together. You know, it's something that we're doing within a community. It's not something that we're doing, you know, individually, but we're all together in this. Um, so being a Blazer, you know, means that community, having the, the passion to work hard, having the passion to, to spend those late nights, those early mornings, you know, doing what you love, so that you can be the best that you can be in your field so being a blazer to me is is carrying that forward making sure that you're working within that teamwork within that community aspect in the future and just trying your best at whatever you do so that you can hopefully excel in your
0: field be sure to check out past episodes of the uab green and told podcast listen in at alumni.uab.edu told. have a story to share or know someone who does email greenandtold at uab.edu finally be sure to follow us on social media Just search UAB Alumni on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!